it's Justin Moore, host of Creator Debates. As you probably know, my primary business is Creator Wizard, where we help folks like you find and negotiate their dream sponsorships. And because brand deals and paid partnerships represent a big chunk of revenue for most creators, today we've got a bonus episode where I'm sharing a real coaching call with the creator who's trying to understand why he lost three separate sponsorships. We debate the pros and the cons of each deal and discuss ways he can tweak his approach so he's ready the next time a brand comes knocking. Before we get started with this episode, I'm curious, are you looking to land more brand partnerships? Because I have a free weekly report that's gonna get you paid. The Creator Wizard newsletter will help you find which brands and companies are sponsoring creators, pitch more effectively, get paid more money on each partnership, and immediately get better looking and tell funnier jokes, probably. Join 30,000 creators and sign up at creatorwizard.com slash join. That's creatorwizard.com slash join. Josiah is a creator just like you, but like a lot of creators... I'm not getting the number of uh, brand deals that I would like. Sound familiar? When it comes to sponsorships, it's difficult not to wonder, am I leaving cash on the table? Are my rates even reasonable? How can I ever make this deal work when the brand won't budge on anything? It feels like to the bigger ones, we're just a commodity. But you're not alone. That's why in this video, I'm taking you inside the real negotiations between Josiah and three different brands. We're gonna dissect every email, every decision, and every mistake, so I can show you how to confidently negotiate the best possible outcome from your next sponsorship. So by the end of this video, you'll know the biggest pricing mistake you're probably making that's costing you thousands, how to establish whether a brand is being stubborn or whether they literally cannot afford you, and and the common negotiating mistake that will make you lose money on your next deal. The vast majority of brands, the sweet spot for them is like. So my name is Josiah and my social media handles are at Josiah Eats. I do a lot of food content specifically in South Florida. The reason I'm doing the call is trying to figure out why I'm not getting the number of uh, brand deals that I would like in the last year or so. Okay, to dig into that a little bit more, um, where have you seen success in the past? Different types of brands or different uh, types of deliverables or like wh what, where where have you been seeing success to date? Honestly, I haven't. I haven't. I've only done two. Uh, one was with Pizza Hut back in October 2021. And then I did one with a local mall uh, back in, I think, April of 2021. So okay. since then, I haven't done a single one. I've been in contact and spoken to over 70 brands since I've done the course with you. Okay. Um, but none just seem to want to pull the trigger. Do you have any like suspicions or thoughts on why that is? Or are, are you hearing like common uh, reasons or responses every time of like why people are saying no or not wanting to move forward? So if I do get an answer and I don't get ghosted, it's usually um, it's out of their budget. Or I'm thinking also from what I can control me, I'm just not selling it as well as I should be, you know, cause I'm the only common denominator against these 70 plus brands that I've talked to in the last 10 months. That's why I brought up in the community too, uh, asking the question about the calculator and like if people are having the same issue or having the number, they're getting the same kind of numbers from the calculator. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's actually agreed to those numbers, because even I look at them, like for Instagram, I'll have average views and I'll put it in, it'll be around a hundred thousand. It'll tell me it'll be, I could charge. 15,000 per video. 
And I see that and I think that's nuts. So I even go lower. I'll go to like <laughs> 10 and I'll try to keep it around 10,000 because nobody mm-hmm. has said yes to it. So right. that's what I'm thinking about currently. Got it. Okay. So um, the the brands that you are, these 70 brands that you've been in, in contact with, were these all like inbound uh, coming into you or were there some that you pitched or combination both. of the both? Both. It's, it's been both. They range from giant global brands like Royal Caribbean to really small up and coming brands that do more niche stuff. Got it. So, um, have you found, uh, the brand, certain brands to be more receptive to others? Like the ones that are coming inbound are just more e- like interested in like having a dialogue versus the ones that are, that you're pitching or is it not the case? Is there no like common thread? Like more receptive to maybe more creative input and me kind of taking the lead on things. Is that what you mean? Or you know, I think or just, are brands more so like, 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 I guess my, I guess, because one common thing that I have heard from some influencers is that, uh, you know, brands who are coming to them inbound with a, you know, uh, inquiry about a partnership are, if the campaign is already kind of fully baked, they're just less willing to negotiate. Basically, it's like, take it or leave it kind of, kind of idea, right? Um, versus if you are the one actually, pr- pr- you know, proactively pitching that perhaps the brand might be more receptive. That That's really what I mean. Right. Um, and that tends to be the bigger ones, you know, that kind of have a campaign in mind. And it seems like they're just run through as many as they can and find the ones that they can get for the cheapest. At least that's what it feels like. It feels like to the bigger ones, we're just a commodity. I don't know how many actually feel that way. And they're definitely stricter with what you can do and say and what they want in the video or from the video. They're more sticklers about what they want exactly. They're not really yeah. open to like something outside of the box. Like, um, like, have you seen that guy on TikTok? I think his name is JT Barnett. Have you seen him? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, he has an agency where he's trying to get like spokespeople or influencers slash creators to be like spokespersons for brands mm-hmm. and doing the videos for them and stuff like that. And I've always, I thought that was a great idea. And, and I know you've mentioned in your course about like content repurposing and making content for, for brands who maybe not are on TikTok or not figuring out video yet or not getting the level of engagement that they want. Um, nobody has been into... Uh, that idea that I've pitched mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. But then I've seen some other ones that have done it. Like, for example, I just noticed Uber Eats on TikTok. They're getting some people to do like um, videos about different spots to eat in different parts of the country, whether it's mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, LA. So they seem to be taking notice of that and doing more UGC stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, nobody's really into that. They like want to do the campaigns. They just want to raise awareness. Um and they stick to that and they try to get the lowest uh, or the cheapest creator that they can. Yeah. Got you. Well, do you want to dig into some of the emails that you sent over? Cause I think that all we'll be able to pull out some, perhaps some, in, uh, some insights and, and ways we may be able to improve the whole uh, situation. Uh, maybe if we kind of dig into some of these, what do you think? Sure. Um, walk me through what happened in this scenario during this negotiation. I know there's kind of like a lot of back and forth in the thread here, but give us a little bit of context. Yeah. So I actually worked with them in the past when they first opened uh, nearby me. Um, they're a small Jamaican food vendor in the mall that I actually worked with about two years ago. And uh, I just went over there to shoot some stuff because I had it one time. I love the food. Um, and it seems like they want to start doing more influencer marketing or content or whatever it may be. So they sent me an email because we worked together in the past and I, I like the guys there, I like their food there, I like what they're doing. Side note, do you know if this brand has multiple locations or is it just the one? 
they were opening one, I think this month or the next, but before this conversation even happened, they only had one, one location. So we're talking about a really small business right now, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Really small business. So that's just something to keep in mind for sure. Um, you say, and you responded, Hey, uh, thanks for reaching out. Um, when you say paid, uh, partnership, uh, are the meals merch cards in addition to payment, or is that the form of payment? Um, Good to clarify, right? Because some brands be like, oh, you free meal coupon. That's going to be the payment, right? Um, and so you actually clarify that, which is positive. Um, and they, you responded immediately. Oh, yeah, sounds sounds good. Payment in addition to perks. Let's jump on a call. Love that. Uh, walk me through how the call went. It was good. Um, they pretty much said that they were open to whatever creative ideas I had or what I wanted to do. Um, they knew what they wanted to focus on exactly. But outside of that, it was pretty much over for me to kind of make it up and present their idea i don't think we talked numbers on the phone um they were still gonna sort it out mm -hmm. so then i just made sure to figure out like if they wanted to use um if they wanted uses rights if they wanted whitelisting which she said on the phone they did okay um they wanted to have that um but it was pretty straightforward. It wasn't a very long call, maybe 15 minutes. So there wasn't really a conversation on the phone about budget or you did ask or you didn't? I did, but they said they weren't entirely sure yet. They would uh, get back to me on it if I remember right. Okay. So did you, do you remember exactly how you asked them about the budget or you just said how much are you thinking to allocate or like, do you remember exactly what you said? I don't remember. No. Okay. So one potential teaching moment here, because I'm looking at the next email in this thread, and you basically came out with the packages. So you gave, gave them, okay, here's the different packages we can do. Um, so one thing uh, that I have found to be very helpful over the years, um, when you're trying to get some sort of directional sense of like what a brand's budget is, especially a pretty small company uh, that has one location, basically, um, is to say the following, basically verbatim. Hey, all this information was super helpful. Thank you, you know, for all the context about what you're trying to accomplish on this on this campaign. Um, typically, what I like to do is I'm going to go back. I'm going to put together a couple ideas of how we can collaborate, um, and uh, I'm going to give you several different packages uh, at a couple different levels. Um, do you have a sense of what those, let's say, three levels would look like from a budget feasibility perspective? So. It sounds the same as saying, what's your budget, but asking them to give you a range of 5, 10, 15K or 1, 2, 3K or whatever it is, um, allows them to feel as though they have an out, right? So if they say to you, oh, 5K is a budget, well, of course, you're going to come back at a <laughs> budget 5K, right? Um, but if they say to you, okay, it's going to be 5, 10, 15K, uh, you're not necessarily limited to only just that. You can still put packages higher than that, but it gives you some directional sense of like where you should be coming in at. Because if I look at the packages that you provided in this next uh, email here, which was basically 10, 45, 55K, um, I can basically guarantee you that a single location restaurant would have absolute sticker shock at a 55K package. Like... There is there is a, a a level at where it feels uh, just like totally like what the heck this is crazy um, to the brand right and so that's what you mm -hmm. want to avoid you don't you, you do want to be aggressive for sure but you don't want to go to a point where they feel they're insulted I'm not saying they were insulted but it's possible when you again I'm just going with the context here of single location they probably their entire marketing budget for six months is probably 55k right and so i think that yes you want to illustrate your value and your worth and all this stuff too but um if if you were to kind of go back and 
you know, hold, you know, hold the hand on Josiah of, of uh, you know, three months ago, two months ago or whatever, and say, uh, this is what you should do instead, probably would be asking them, you know, more explicitly about the budget ranges and then going in a little bit more, I would say, probably conservatively uh, on the different packages uh, initially. The, the other thing, too, is that um, when I'm looking at exactly what you um, offered in the different tiers, it was kind of just like... Um, uh, I think there I would I would be looking for I think a little bit more diversity in terms of the deliverables. They said they wanted what three videos. That was initially what they said on the phone, right? Yeah, and they said their focus was Instagram and TikTok, which is why I put uh, those three because I have in the past put packages for other things that they didn't mention were important to them, and they just like they clarified that they didn't they didn't care for that. Got it. So other what I mean other, other what, brands. What I mean by in terms of diversity of deliverables is that I would actually have preferred to see package one be like one video, one TikTok, one, you know, Instagram meal, let's say. So you're actually giving them less than they were asking for. Maybe package two is going to be two videos. Package three is going to be the three videos, right? Package four is going to be, you know, a TikTok, three TikToks cross posted to reels, Um, right? And so the reason that I think this strategy would have been uh, effective for this particular sponsor is because of the fact that they're so new. They have one location. I, I keep going to this whole idea of like they're, uh, you know, they probably don't have a very robust budget. And so what that allows you to do is come down on your rate if they to some of these lower packages with less deliverables, if they come back to you and say, oh, wow, we can't, yeah, we can't do package four. We can't do package three, which is, you know, whatever that price would be. But yeah, let's actually explore right just doing one because right now the way the way it is for you now is that they came back to you it seems like right and the next thing they said to you is oh you know would would you be willing to meet us closer to the 5k mark so okay now we have the information basically their budget is half of your package one right but um you know your only leverage here now is either come down on your rate completely for 50% and do the same amount of deliverables that you were offering in package one, which is not something you want to do, right? You don't want to just come down on your rate for no reason. Right. And the, really the only thing that you could be able to do is modify package one to give them less deliverables, right? The next thing you come back and say, hey, I hear you. I want to make this work. Can we, you know, reduce this to, let's just say three videos for 8,500. So, um, I think exploring in my mind at this juncture in the negotiation, probably in my mind, what I would have been looking to do would have been exploring like, Hey, would you be interested in doing less deliverables? That's number one, a question for them. Right. Um, and then, um, number two, thinking about if there is a creative way in which you can get more assets out of one piece of content, there's a couple different angles, thematic angles that you could go, you know, maybe one of his is one of the, uh, assets is going to be um it's all about the food almost like a menu tasting menu type thing right that's one of them uh another angle is like okay you know oh this new place just opened up at the local mall it's awesome you know so it's more of kind of like a day in the life vlog style type type reel or video about the food right um and so the what i'm saying is that perhaps let's say for the menu video type idea um you could actually maybe get three assets out of that that content, right? So you film, you go, you film a bunch of their dishes, you get a bunch of close-ups, maybe 20 dishes or whatever. And then the asset that you post maybe only has 10 of them, but then you give them two additional assets that they can use for paid media that you actually don't post. So the work is maybe a little bit less, you know, it's not requiring you to create a whole new asset basically, um, but it's kind of accomplishing what they initially were hoping to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally does. 
So, um, so yeah, please go ahead. No, this kind of reminds me of the initial question of if I've noticed any themes with um, brands and that you've heard some things from creators or a common theme is that uh, once they know what they want, they just want to read for that. And that's it. I have seen that too, but since because this was, and they told me they just, they, their focus was Instagram and TikTok and they wanted the three videos over the three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem like pretty sure about that. They weren't like, oh, maybe we'll do one or this, that, and the other thing. Like they, they, they seem pretty sure. Two comments to that. Number one, yes, there are 100% brands who are dead set and all they care about. And as much as you try and like change their mind, they're just not going to do, they're not going to like change their mind. And it, I, it's frustrating. Yeah. I totally acknowledge that. And it's really annoying. Um, however, I also probably on that call with them that you initially had would have probed deeper about the quantity question of like, what is it about those three? Like, why is it three videos? Why, why is that the most important thing? They could, they could come back to you and say, Oh, well, you know, internally we've decided that uh, we need to be, uh, you know, posting, reposting, you know, posting something on our Instagram, either sourced internally or sourced by a partner that we hire. We need to be posting something on our brands, our restaurants, uh, Instagram once every other day or something. I don't know. Maybe they come back to you with that. If you ask that question, they may tell you something that you would have never known. Right. And, and you said, Oh, the reason that it's so critical you have three is because of that is because you like want to have content to post on your Instagram. Um, Oh, that's interesting. And then maybe you can come up with another creative solution to that challenge. Right. And so it's perhaps the deliverable constraint is because of some sort of internal goal or milestone or something that they've created that you just don't have any idea about. And so they have decided that hiring influencers for, yeah, maybe they're going to hire 10 influencers. Like for example, let's say we're going to hire 10 influencers. They're all going to make three pieces of content and then we'll have a piece of content to post every day. 30 days, <laughs> like that, that's what we're going to do. And so that might've been their strategy. That might've been their logic. And so you come into them and be like, Hey, I can actually make 10 for you. You don't have to hire, you know, these seven other people or whatever it is. Um, so it's just like, I guess the, the advice here is that you're right. There are some brands that are very resistive, resistive to that, but rather than just kind of walking away or conceding or saying no, it's like, don't be afraid to ask more probing questions about why that's the case in a situation like this where you actually had a phone call, you had a direct conversation with the, you know, the brand manager, it seems like, um, it's easier to have those conversations here than it is for like trying to negotiate with like a platform, like, you know, the, the create the brand deal platforms or whatever. That's, that is even a different taller order because that one is like a lot more, a lot more difficult. So, um, I guess kind of the, the takeaway as I, you know, kind of read through the thread here is that number one, I still think this is salvageable. Like, have, have you have you gone back to them since this the, the last conversation, it seems like, was early March? No, I haven't. And I thought about it because now that you said um, about probing a little deeper and seeing why they want the things that they want, specifically three videos for this platform or three videos for that platform, and then you find out maybe they're just trying to get uh, content to repurpose or just have more content flowing on their channels. It makes it easier to pivot to, oh, actually, if you want this, I can do this for you and... It'll be this rate. It'll fit your budget better, blah, 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 and going that way, which makes sense. And I thought about reaching back out to them to maybe see if they just wanted some UGC. Yeah, 100%. And and I think the other, um, you know, the other really important point here is like, regardless of, of calculators that you use and what all the, those numbers say and all that stuff too, um, there's this really important, uh, I think, philosophy 
about your overall sponsorship strategy um, is that rather than getting fixated on like, okay, I have to charge this certain amount of rate for every post that I do or whatever, like this is what the calculators are saying, like this is what I should charge. Um, my philosophy has always been about sponsorships is that um, I am going to work with a lot of brands in any given month and every any year, and they're all gonna be paying me differently, <laughs> right? This person may pay me a thousand and this person pay me may pay me 10,000. Like it's, it's all about what is the brand trying to accomplish? And so if you look at kind of your, your sponsorship strategy as a diversified stock portfolio, you're not going to have winners in every stock that you pick, right? Some you may have like outsized success and it's going to become, it's going to represent, uh, you know, a, a very large portion of your returns and some are going to just keep the lights on. And that is okay. That's, that is the nature of what we do as creators is that some deals are going to be more lucrative than others. And so um, I do think that this is like a, an important acknowledgement is that, Hey, maybe there would have been a way to salvage this deal. Hey, this, this brand is telling me I'm going to pay you 5k. And so like my, my, my goal right there would have been, how can I possibly make this, <laughs> this brand fork over the 5k to me? Another strategy that you could have employed here, Josiah, is you could have said, oh, well, thank you so much. This is, this was March 1st, right? Um, you could have said, um, I'm curious, like, is the reason that the 5k is your max budget right now? Um, is it because of a, 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 a quarterly budget thing? Because I would be more than willing to uh, you know, stretch the payments between quarter one and quarter two. So you can pay me half of it. Now let's, let's say it was a 10 K deal. You can do half now and half in April 1st or wh whenever it is stretch the budget, or maybe it's monthly payments. Maybe it's over the next three months. You can actually pay me 2 K a month or 2,500 a month or whatever. If they're a small business. they are one single location restaurant. Um, then the, having the, the flexibility of being able to pay in installments for, for example, um, especially given it was going to be a three month partnership, maybe that's something that you could have offered. And, and you know, they, that may have, may have been the thing to seal the deal. Oh, they say, Oh, we didn't even know you'd be willing to do something like that. Right. So it's, it, I think a lot of it comes down to just kind of being creative and, and trying to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. And you know what? I've, I've, I've said that before. I don't know why I, I didn't think to say that to them. I, I, I remember using that before. I think maybe you even said that in the course and I was like, oh, that's, that's a good one. I, I have used that in the past. I should have done it here, but I didn't clearly. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. I mean, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like, you, you've got the playbook, you know, all the levers that you have, right? It's number of deliverables. Mm -hmm. It's duration of usage, rights. It's usage rights. Yes. No exclusivity. Yes. No. It's flexibility about deliveries. It's about stretching the budget. It's like, there's all these levers that you have. And so it's a matter of just like looking at the situation and being like, okay, what is the thing that I can pivot to right here to really try to understand what they're trying to accomplish so that I can, you know, uh, offer them something that they'll say yes to, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I, so if, if I wanted to go back to them, how, how would I, how would I do that? What would you think? One angle potentially could be you go back to this person and you say to them, Hey, you know, I was just, I was taking a look at your, your Instagram recently. Um, and, uh, was just thinking about our conversation and I had a few ideas of, um, you know, some, some unique content angles, uh, that, you know, we could potentially collaborate on to help, um, you know, move the needle for your brand or get mm -hmm. more foot traffic in the doors or get et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like that probably would be my pivot. That would be my angle, uh, to, you know, you come and you tell them how important having regular reels is and, and different ways in which to tell the brand story. Um, probably yeah. I would honestly probably try and get them on a, on another call. 
hey, do you have time for a call this week? Like, I, I want to learn more about, you know, if you did proceed with that campaign that we were talking about a month ago, how's it going? L let me know how it's going. We'd be really curious. You never know. Maybe, maybe an influencer that they ended up contracting instead of you fell off and they didn't work out. And it just takes you reaching out and being like, hey, I'm so interested in collaborating uh, for them to be like, oh, thank, thank you so much that you reached out because we actually need your help. <laughs> you know, right. you, ju and you just never know. So I was going to bring up this. This made me think of another question that I was going to ask later on. But um, when it comes to like pitching UGC or, or creating content for them to post and it wouldn't be on my channels, if they already have like a social media manager that like that's their job to do is to come up with ideas and create videos and content for their platforms. How do you? How do you pitch that? Because it almost seems like you're trying to take somebody's job away from them. You know, like, especially if you're talking directly to that manager or their boss. It's like, if we're already paying somebody to do it, are we like, how does that work? How does that dynamic work? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So, so your number one job in that scenario is making that person feel as though you're going to make their life easier, not that you're going to take their job. So you basically ask the right. question, how are you sourcing content? They'll say something like, oh, I'm making them in Canva or, oh, I'm the one responsible for liaising with the photographer or I'm the one, you know, I have like these 50 creators that I'm responsible for, you know, <laughs> organizing or I don't know. They're going to tell you something right about how they source content. And so your yeah, job yeah. is to just basically illustrate to them like I'm going to make your life easier. I'm not going to take your job. You're the one doing that. You're curating it, all this stuff. I'm not trying to like step on your toes or whatever. There are going to be some social media managers who feel threatened. There's nothing you can do about that, but your job is as best yeah, possible yeah. to illustrate that like, Hey, I just want to help you. I'm not like trying to take your job. It's like, I'm trying to make your life easier, help you achieve your own brand objectives. The other thing too, is that people are busy, dude. People are super busy. They're doing lots of other things. They're doing engaged community engagement. Probably that social media manager is probably the one in the DMS responding to like an angry customer who did like got a, a lukewarm burrito or something. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, they're doing lots of things. Right. And so, and so um, you come into them and be like, Hey, I can like help you get content for the next three weeks. They're going to be like, oh, yes, please. So, but I don't know. It, it just depends like, you know, what their pain points are. And it's up to you to, to uncover those. Well, I mean, and I agree. I've seen their Instagram. It's a lot of like, just photos and kind of like Photoshop stuff against their colors, their brand colors and stuff, which doesn't do anything. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like, uh, you also, you're right. You want to make it seem like you're trying to help them and not necessarily put them down or that you're trying to take their job from them. Another, another real quick, like, uh, thing to uncover here around this specific type of situation. What is their chief objective? Probably it's, driving more foot traffic into our one or two locations so that we can make sales. They, they, told, me is, on the, they told me on the phone specifically ahead. just so for the situation that it was awareness. They wanted to it was awareness. visibility and awareness. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, it'd be interesting to go back to them and say, Hey, how did that go? Because oftentimes when brands say, Oh, awareness, like that's what we care about. They think that that's going to translate into conversions. They think that right, that's going to translate. They think it's going to be like, Oh, we're going to have all these people coming in and, and you know, more, more customers and all that stuff too. And then when you go back to them and ask them, Hey, how'd it go? And they say, well, it didn't work out as we expected that sometimes they need to get burned a little bit and realize that there is a difference between a brand awareness campaign and a conversion-focused campaign. Imagine if you said to them, "Hey, I'm going to make you four assets. Do you have any promotions coming up? Do you have any? Do you have 
Taco Tuesday nights or do you have, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up, but like, do you have promotions or trivia night or something? I'm going to make you some content that you can use, you can repurpose, you can run paid ads with, targeted to the next, you know, the 25 miles around the location. Um, hey, come on in. We got this XYZ thing. That is a conversion-focused campaign. That's conversion-focused content, right? And so it's just like, sometimes they need to get burned a little bit to realize like, oh, okay, maybe Josiah was right. We need to construct this content in a little bit different, a, a different way, depending on the goal. For sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try that. In this next negotiation, I realized that Josiah might have been able to land the deal if he'd asked one critical question. Okay, so uh, give me the overview of this next one. What uh, what was the brand asking for? Um, like, how did you react to this whole situation? Um, first, they reached out. They said they were looking for uh, female Latin creators, which when I read the email, I said, yeah, I'm interested, but I don't fit <laughs> what you're looking for. And then it just went silent for a few days. And then I think uh, the girl's boss came back and said, actually, we're changing it up. Uh, we think you'd be a good fit. And then I got on the phone with them, too. Um, and they were looking for eight Instagram reels, eight TikTok videos. And uh, it was going to be spread out over the course of, like, I think eight months or something like that. Um, and it was going to support this other creator that they've been working with and doing stuff throughout the year. Um so we spoke on the phone, talk about that. They were open to ideas too. Like if I had an idea, they were like, yeah, the floor is yours. Like come with whatever you want. We're just looking for these specific goals and ideas in mind. Uh, and that was pretty much it. And then I sent them my rates and followed up. And again, it was just uh, out of budget. But now when I look back at it too, uh, even before our conversation today, like I know what I could have done differently in terms of the, in the packages and the pricing. Let's, let's hear it. What, what, uh, what do you think you right away you you would do differently next time? Well, first off, I didn't know uh, until you answered that one question in the community tab um, that if they want the same video but it's going to be on Instagram and then let's say TikTok that you would charge about like half for that second platform if it's going to be the same video. Uh, so I would have done that. I would have probably broken it down more than just giving them straight up what they're looking for. Uh, even more, maybe I added a couple more packages at a cheaper rate. And maybe have it like four and four and just have it spread out since I, they were looking for like a supporting creator to that main one that they were doing something with anyway. So um, that would have been a couple things. And now hearing what you're saying about probing a little more and trying to get at the heart of like what they're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe this isn't the route to take to get to that goal. Would have done that too. So those are three right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge like those are three really critical learnings that you came to on your own here. Um, and I think that like I 100 percent agree with all, all those ones. Part of this is like, uh, you know, coming back to their initial ask and interpreting it a, a little bit more here. Um, you know, there's this concept that we talk about your BATNA, right? Your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And this is a very specific ask that they have right now. They are looking for a multicultural millennial foodie influencer, right? Like, which is what you are, right? And so there's not, there is a limited, a finite supply of that type of creator on the internet, right? And so um, as a default position, like, if I were you in that, in this situation, I would think, okay, like I am perfect for this. And so it is my goal and my job to help them understand that as well as ensure that we can make this work from a budgetary perspective. And so, um, again, like we talked about earlier, I would definitely go back on that call. I would have asked about budget ranges. You know, it would have been very helpful to understand that they had, uh, what did they say? 20 K 
right? Is what I think what they said that they were after um, I submitted my rates and they said it was out of budget. Yeah, they did, but on the phone they didn't say that. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't know. I just knew they they were asking for a lot for for specific things. That was pretty much it. Totally. Yeah. Um. And so again, like it's like what we talked about at the at the beginning of the call, which is like, you know, a lot of times when brands are reaching out with these like very large ass, they're doing, they are doing probing and they're, they're basically saying, we just want to get a bunch of rates and we just want to see uh, how we can Tetris this budget amongst the creators that we're trying to hire. So if they're telling you that they have 20 K for eight videos, probably they had a hundred K for five influencers or, or, like whatever, if I'm doing the math, right? Probably something like that, right? And so your tasks when you have these conversations is to, number one, try to assess roughly what that is, uh, but also understand that they're also doing a little bit of probing and searching and all this stuff too when they're asking these questions. So it's totally reasonable for you to kind of mirror that back to them and say, look, I, I cannot give you adequate pricing until you under, until you help me understand uh, what it is you're actually trying to accomplish. In addition, we talked about the different levers. In addition to some of these lower packages where we could have stripped a bunch of stuff away, um, probably in the first like um, package, I wouldn't even have given them whitelisting rights, even though they asked for it on the call. So we say, hey, here's, you know, maybe this one's going to be four TikToks and IG reels or whatever, but I'm not going to give you whitelisting. I'm not going to give you exclusivity, no paid rights, nothing. Then the next pass package is four and four, same deliverables, but you're going to get whitelisting rights for 30 days. Let's say they, on the call, they asked for three months or four months or something, something like that, right? <laughs> you give them less. You say whitelisting rights for 30 days, <laughs> not, not three months, what you asked for. So it's like working them up to you know, some of the uh, more aggressive packages, like packages four, five, six, this type of thing, um, with this whole, you know, concept that we talk about in the program, uh, like price anchoring, right? Like helping them understand, uh, like, what's feasible at these different lower, lower buckets. And so, um, but again, like you said, some brands are very fixated on, you know, all five creators, what we, what we sold through, our agency, what we sold through to the brand was that we're going to work with five influencers and all five influencers are going to be uh, doing eight videos and we're going to deliver 40 videos total to you brand. When I ran an agency, this is what this is what happened. When we sold a proposal through, we said we are going to guarantee that we're going to deliver to you 112 pieces of content across multi-platforms, all this stuff too. And so this is one of the reasons why some brands are resistive to change the number of deliverables is because they are beholden to what they guaranteed to either their boss or to their client if it's an agency. And so, um, you know, yes, it's frustrating. I understand that. But part of the task is like understanding if there's other creative ways you can still help them accomplish what they promised. Um, that makes sense. I will say on the phone, she also said, I think I was the only one, I'm pretty sure that they were looking at to do this. Cause they had their main creator. Okay. So like, again, I was like more in a supporting role with these videos. Um, right. and that they were pretty, pretty firm on wanting their, their 16 total eight and eight. Um, mm-hmm. do you still think it sounds like correct if I'm wrong. If, if, if a, a brand or an agency tells you that they're, they're firm on the, the deliverables, that you would pitch them something with less than that to show like what the rates would be like instead of hitting them with a fat number that pushes six figures. Is that, yes, what, I'm, 100%, is that what I'm hearing? 100% because okay. things change all the time. They could tell you they're firm on eight and then they go and they have a conversation. They fall in love with you and your content and they're like, okay, well, we really want to work with Josiah. So, okay, let's just do four. 
Like things change. Even if they tell you that, things change after they have internal meetings. So you always want to provide them with packages and options that are in direct uh, like opposition to what they said they wanted. <laughs> like you should, you should always do that regardless of what they ask. If they tell you their budget's 25 K, you can still give them packages for 50 or 75 or hundred K or whatever, just for edification. You can say, Hey, if it's helpful, I took the Liberty of giving you an extra three packages. Like it's fine. Right. But you do want to provide again, you want again, going back to this whole idea of like, it's about this diversified stock portfolio. Like you would, I'm sure be just as thrilled knowing that it was 20 K. If you could have gotten this deal for 20 K. Um, yeah, maybe it's less videos. Maybe it's four videos, whatever it is, whatever you're comfortable agreeing to at that rate. But like you want to give yourself an out rather than having to be like, okay, sure. I'll come down to my rate by 80% to make this work. You don't want to be in that situation because that's like establishing a really terrible price precedent so you want to be able to give yourself an out in these different packages you know so that you can you can agree to it with while you're still saving saving face and not eroding your own pricing power right yes and did you see the follow-up email i sent with uh new packages that were closer to their budget did you see that too but then i never got i never got a response for that yeah so um you know Basically, what you came back with, you said, okay, 25K, eight TikToks, whitelisting, no exclusivity, reels, whitelisting, uh, first for slightly less. Um, and, um, you know, didn't hear back. This was February. From my perspective, um, they probably, they even though they said that they were only going to be working with you, they were probably having other conversations with other people. Maybe they were wanting to only move forward with one. But again, they they have a budget constraint and they're trying to just assess people's like rough rates. And so I am I am assuming that probably what happened is that at the same time as though as they were talking with you, they were also negotiating with someone else. That person came in at budget and then they just move forward. That person and ghosted you. So I don't think it was like personal i wouldn't take like this is just this is the reality of what happens they're, no they're, no no they're, and i, and I never do the fi- they're playing the field right they're playing the field yeah, yeah. they're they have a bunch of different options they're dating a bunch of people at the same time um and so just this one just didn't work out and so again i do think there's some some tactical things that we could have changed earlier on in the negotiation the things you acknowledged a little bit earlier um that perhaps would have moved this more aggressively towards your direction in terms of closing it with you. Um, but, but, uh, but I think you did, you did, a, you did great, honestly. Um, you did what you could, but again, like you, you could see here one, one other perception thing is like, if I look at what you were offering for 125 K or even hundred K and what you were offering for 25 K, you came way down on your rate, basically 75 K for quite similar deliverables you're just not cross-posting it basically right in their mind it's a perception thing it's like okay well this creator they we literally they don't even know what their rates are they're just highballing us like okay whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like yeah 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 it was it was it was thought out but i understand why they would see it that way for sure yeah so so like 100 percent. like i could see it's thought out and all this stuff too but like for them to experience that level of whiplash of them to be like, oh, he just came down 75K on his rate for like similar deliverables. <laughs> um, like to them, that is just kind of like, okay, like I, I don't know if we really want to move forward with this person. So um, it's neither here nor there, obviously, at this point. But again, that's why it's so critical to have these lower price packages so that you don't have to have this level of whiplash and you can pull them towards something lower if they have a lower budget. Okay, totally got it. Makes sense. Oh, and then just a random quick tangent uh, question. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you noticed in your experience running an agency or from other brands, do they care to work with creators who are more, uh, on camera 
and showing their face more, more identifiable? Or is that just, does that mean nothing? I'm really glad that you brought this up um, because, for example, in this last scenario that we just talked about, about finding a multicultural creator, a, a Hispanic creator to represent them uh, for a particular campaign, you being on camera and being visibly <laughs> of Hispanic uh, ethnic origin, um, that's important to them. Right. Um, right. And so, uh, yes, like, a, like one other content strategy decision that I oftentimes advise creators to, to think about is like showing yourself more in the content, um, you know, like showing your maybe it's a sim something as simple as like your real thumbnail is not just a close up gratuitous photo of the food, which is your niche, but also you're like holding the dish. That's your face. And maybe maybe it's not every photo, but it's some because, again, um, oftentimes, uh, you know, when a brand is like searching for creators to actually partner with on a campaign, they're not watching all your videos. They're just like opening up your handle and being like, okay, this person looks good. They have good looking food. Oh, they're, you know, they, you know, are, are a person that we could partner with. Yeah. Let's reach out to this person. So it's as right. much a branding thing as it is about, um, you know, again, being some, an asset that they can repurpose on their handle. Right. So exactly. oftentimes they won't they won't just because they could just go out and hire a photographer or a videographer or a food stylist or whatever to make food and like put it on their handle and all that stuff, too. But like, no, you are a creator. That's one of the reasons why they want to pay you and hire you is to like utilize your name and likeness and like clout chase, <laughs> basically. Right. Um, right and right. and so, yes, like I, I think that if I were you one another kind of um, strategic move that I would make just from an organic content perspective is like just being in it more. Uh, I, th I think that'll that'll be that would be hugely valuable. Got it. Okay. Good to know. And after discussing this third and final negotiation, I reveal the sweet spot when it comes to setting your rates as a creator. So I have a little bit of inside info on this particular agency um, because, uh, and in fact, you have access to this since you're an alumni of Brand Deal Wizard, uh, but I actually interviewed one of the VPs of this agency. And you'll, so you should go back and, and watch that interview <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because... Um, we actually talked about this very specific situation, not this brand, but just generally um, why it's difficult sometimes to negotiate with certain agencies on different deliverables. Um, and so it's it's very similar to this thing we just discussed around um, that what they're selling through to the brand because they're an agency. It's very much this volume play. It's like we're going to work with 50 creators. We're going to do 50 TikTok videos. That's just what it is. And we don't you know, we have this certain budget that we're allocating. Um, and, and this is, this is what it is. Take it or leave it. Right. Because they're, this is, this is a scale play. They're going out with this offer to a thousand creators or whatever, right? If they're going to partner with 50, they need to know who's available, who doesn't have exclusivity with other retailers, like whatever it is. Right. Um, and so, um, I have found with this particular agency, as well as other agencies, um, like who are just very much kind of cut and dry in terms of take it or leave it type thing, um, that, you know, if you're not satisfied with this rate that they're paying you, move on. It's okay. Contrast that with um, maybe you are. Maybe you are. He this this uh, executive even said that. You know, we know that we're not. We don't pay like the highest rates, but that's because. When you do good work for us, we will bring you tons and tons of business. It's a volume approach for us. And so going back to this whole idea around this kind of diversified stock portfolio, like I say, like maybe you're going to do five deals with them and that's going to represent every month and that's going to represent, you know, uh, you know, several thousand, tens of thousands of dollars for you and your creator business. Is that rate going to be lower than what you're going to charge another brand or another agency that reaches out? Yes. Um, but that's a decision that you make. 
in your creator business. And so one of the things I teach is that your you need to have pricing consistency per agency and per brand. So if you agree to a certain rate with this particular agency, you better know that, that that's the rate that pretty much you're going to be able to charge for all the deals that they bring to you for the most part, right? Maybe there'll right. be a little bit of wiggle room. Um, but another agency, because, because what happens is that that contact shares your rate with all their colleagues at that agency, right? Another agency, though, doesn't have that precedent. They don't have that point of reference because really agencies, people at different agencies don't really talk to each other. Similarly at brands, right? Like if you you can, you know, for the same TikTok deliverable that you that this agency that you quote them, whatever it's going to be, 1100 or two grand or whatever it is, you for the same deliverable, you could charge another brand 10K, one TikTok. Same amount of usage, right? Same deliverables, same whatever, right? But that's because that's what their goals were and that's what their budget appetite was. And so as long as there's pricing consistency per brand and per agency, you should be willing to accept like all different types of deals, different rates, different prices, depending on the deal dynamics. Um, and so this is this is something that is not palatable to a lot of creators because they just feel, no, I, I'm not going to accept lower than 5K per post or whatever it is. Um, but I think that that's hogwash. Like if you want consistency, if you want income certainty, if you want to continue to get business over and over from agencies and brands, um, just, just understand that you're going to be paid different rates for different, uh, for different deals. And that's okay. I, it's going to be different for everybody. Like where, where do you draw the line then? You know, I mean, I understand you're giving, you may not get the total amount that you're looking for in one deal, but if it's going to bring you more business in the long term, that's valuable too. I understand that. But then, like, where do you find that that line? You have to pick your hell yeah number in these situations. Okay. If the brand said yes to you on this lower package one or whatever that you like, you know, less deliverables, like all everything stripped away, and they said, "Hey, let's do that package one," you'd be like, "Hell yeah, let's do this." I'm soaked, <laughs> right? Contrast that with if they pick it and you're like, "Oh crap, I got to do this now," then you price too low. <laughs> it's not scientific, obviously, in that scenario. Yeah, um, no. but it's like. No, no. You know what I mean? It's like it's and so the line there is like you never want to resent the opportunity or the relationship or the collaboration. Um, and so in the scenarios where it's like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make two grand on this. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, that's that that's fine. Um, so I, I think that that's not I know. Again, I realize it's not super scientific, but again, um, this is about consistency. And so ensuring that you have you can save you, you, you have consistency with your contact, you're not coming back to them with a rate that's 5x what you, you know, what you quoted them like a couple months ago for the same deliverables, this type of thing. Um, you know, as long as you feel good about the deal that you're moving forward with. Um, like if, if I were you, one of the struggles that you 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 haven't really articulated, but I'm sensing for you is that, you know, you've utilized a lot. You, you've looked at your performance. You're doing pretty well. You're getting views. You're getting all these things. And you're, you're pricing yourself pretty aggressively, um, you know, based on some of the benchmarks that you've looked at in terms of how to price and all that stuff. Um, and mm -hmm. it just feels like it's like, really high, really high. And basically no one is saying, uh, saying yes to that. And so, um, the basically is what I want you to hear is that I am giving you permission that it's okay to be more conservative with some of these packages that you're coming out with to try to figure out what is the sweet spot for your niche, for your platform, for the types of stuff that you're, that you're offering. Um, yeah, maybe the appetite, the demand for what you're marketing relative to all the other options that this brand has out there, other creators, et cetera. Um, maybe it's less. And so you just have to ascertain that by, 
um, you know, experimenting with different packages and different rates. So I would say probably a, a big takeaway from what I've seen right now is that um, experimenting with some with some lower rate packages, I think probably would be worthwhile and, and to see if there's more of an appetite for uh, for partnering with you at some of these things. And so that's not to say that there won't be opportunities that you can't charge a lot more money for. But again, it's so deal specific. Um, and so generally, the note is like, on a whole, perhaps lowering the band of where you're charging, you might might start to see some some uh, more success and more traction. And primarily doing that by reducing deliverables. Is that right? Yeah, reducing deliverables, reducing, again, all the levers, right? The timelines, the payment terms, the usage rights, the exclusivity, paid rights, whitelisting, deliverables, like those are all the levers. You got a lot of levers, uh, rounds mm-hmm. of revision, right? Stretching the payments between different quarters, you know, month, monthly installments. So there's there's a lot of levers that you have. Um, and it's just a matter of figuring out what combination of those the brand gets excited about. Yeah, and, and I've done some of those in the past too. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, asking for like monthly installments or... Uh, pulling it from another quarter, another budget. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm aware of those levers too. One one other just quick insight here is that, for example, uh, you know, that local restaurant that we initially talked about, you know, saying, uh, you know, you quoting them, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for, for the deliverables, like in their mind, I do this a lot, is like put the hat on of the business owner, right? And if, and if, and if they were thinking that like, you know, we want to run ads with this content, their calculus of like their options is like, okay, are we going to hire Josiah or are we going to go out and hire a, a photographer or a videographer or a food stylist? The food stylist is going to be $2,500. We're going to own the rights in perpetuity. We can run the ads for as long as we want like that. And that is like a major reason that they, even though they say they want brand awareness, we still want the content like that. That's still important to us, even though they're not saying that, right. They could in their head be like doing this math and doing this like decision-making that you don't know about. And they're just being like, there's no way I'm going to page as I have 55 K to like get these assets and like do these things. And so um, again, I think a lot of insights can be found just kind of like taking your creator hat off completely forgetting about the fact that you're getting 50,000 views per reel or hundred thousand views per reel or whatever. Like imagine that that doesn't matter to the brand at all. Like what, if I, if it was my business, if it, if I was a business owner and a creator came to me and said, you have to pay me $55,000 or $125,000 or whatever to do this. Like in, as a business owner, that has to make sense. I have to know what is the return I'm getting from that. Yeah, whether it's sure. an agency, whether it's a big brand, whether it's a small brand, whatever. Um, oftentimes that can like be a helpful thought exercise. I think. Yeah. 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 To- totally understand. I had another question. I was just going to ask about that. Oh, so if you're doing, if you're doing, if you're pitching like um, content repurposing, like just UGC, like they're just not going to post on mine. It's for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime I've done that, I've pitched it as like, it's just a video and it can be used across like however many channels you're on that has short form vertical, uh, vertical video. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that's the right way to go, right? Like you're just, you're, you're selling the video and however they want to use it, they can use it. It's not like you're, you're, you're selling it per platform. Correct. Yeah, I mean, um, but I would probably be more prescriptive about the strategy, though. I wouldn't just say, oh, use it however you want. For someone that needs content, they probably don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So I would probably be more prescriptive about, like, how you would advise them to use it. You could say, here, I'm going to give you a cut. I'm going to give you a wide cut. I'm going to give you a portrait cut. I think you should be running ads with this, uh, you know, on Instagram stories or TikTok or whatever. I think you should do X, Y, Z. So it might be more of of a strategy, content strategy 
proposal that you give to them. Maybe you're doing more than just delivering content. Um, so I, I, I'm not so sure that I would just offer it in a vacuum. I think maybe there might, you know, tying a bow around it of like other contextualize, contextualize it basically of like, here's how, here's how I think you should, you should use it on this platform. You should do here. Oh, I noticed you're not on this platform or whatever. Or you're not running ads. Like you should probably be doing that here. I can del deliver content for you to help you do that. Right. So I think, um, there's probably just a little bit, another step you need to take to make it actionable for them. For sure. I, I should have added more, more context to that. Um, mm -hmm. like why they should do this idea for videos or like video series and what it can do for mm -hmm. them and then even running paid ads yeah that for sure but i was just talking about that one specific part of like not breaking it down to oh if you want to use it here here and here it's going to be this but if you only want to use it here it's yeah this, no right? they, they they're going to own it they're going to yeah, own it right, like right. for you you either gate it uh or you you know you you limit the usage for a certain duration which is sometimes tough for UGC because they won't, they'll just say, well, why are we going to do that? We need to own it perpetually, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you should always lead with like, Hey, you can use it for three months or 12 months or whatever. But yeah, any platform you want to use it on the website, they basically will get uh, non-exclusive rights to uh, repurpose it across all those different platforms. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't need to really be prescriptive. Uh, there. Unless, that, that unless really they want to them. Yeah. Unless they want to use it for paid ads. Is that when you would kind of gate? Yeah. I mean, I would three, six, yeah, nine. For sure. I mean, or you no. should be limiting the fight. There, there definitely are brands that won't entertain this at all. They'll say, hey, if you're going to make content for us, it's like work for hire. We get the rights to it. Like we can do whatever we want to with it, putting it on social, putting it on paid rights. Like what are you trying to limit this for us? There's definitely brands who are going to say that actually. Um, but there oh. are going to be some brands that are going to be like, okay, fine. Like fine. Three months paid rights. They, again, it's the brands that don't really ha have a lot of experience with this. Those are the ones who are going to be more, more amenable to limiting the rights and the fact that you can do organic versus paid or whatever. It's just a conversation. What's, what's more the norm. It's, it seems like just in my head that they just like, they want to own it and do what they want with it. That's it. That's more the norm. hundred percent. Like cause right? that's okay. what they're used to hiring photographers, hiring videographers, getting the, owning you know buying out the ownership rights of that co for commercial usage all that stuff too so that's what they're used to right. so you coming in and got pitching it. anything uh, other than that if they have experience doing that is going to be not the norm got it okay cool what was your what, what would you say if there was like some high level takeaways from the overall conversation what would that be for you that i, I needed a better understanding of what these brands are exactly looking for and even if they tell me one thing that that might not actually be what they're looking for and like to just probe more and really get to the heart of like, what are you looking to accomplish with social media or this campaign or whatever, maybe. So a lot more yeah. probing, a lot more spending time with them, I guess is what it is. Yeah, I, th I think that that's right. I mean, I think the first thing I, I want to acknowledge you, like you're, you are putting in the work. Honestly, and, and I, I see that you're at really active in the community. You were really active in the course. And so um, I really, I, I really truly feel like there, there is a lot of yeses on the other side of these 70 no's that you've described, you know, I really do fundamentally believe that. And I think that through some pr pretty minor course corrections in terms of your strategy, like you said, asking more probing questions, being a little bit more flexible in terms of the different packages and, and creative in terms of the ways in which you're presenting them, really understanding like what, what these brands are trying to accomplish. I think you're going to start seeing more success. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, like you, to me, you are like the perfect case study for like the, the determination that you need to have, um, as a creator who, you know, wants to stand out, uh, you know, amongst their peers and, and really show value to, to brands when you work with them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm proud of you. And I think, I think you're going to see a lot of success. And so I'm glad this was helpful. Yeah. Thanks. And I, um, again, it, it was, it wasn't because like I have a 
a super inflated sense of worth with this stuff. Like I, I at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing is not um, <laughs> saving the world by any means, but um, I'm also not uh, worried to walk away either. But I, I don't think I found that middle yet clearly since it hasn't worked out yeah. as, as well as I hoped. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that's a really, actually a very important realization that you just have, which is that you just haven't found the middle yet. That, that, that to me, that's what it sounds like. That's what I'm saying is like shifting the band down a little bit more in terms of some of the packages and all that stuff. You're going to start finding the middle. Um, and so I think that like, here, here's the thing, someone, we used to be part of a multi-channel network when we were you know, in our YouTube heyday, basically. Um, and one of the people who worked at the, at the network told us, you know, something very interesting that's always stuck in my mind was, you know, we have never had millions of subscribers, 10 million, like we've never, it was, it's always been like kind of like hundreds of thousands. That was like kind of where we were at. And this person at the network said, you and your wife get, get a lot of business because you are in the sweet spot of what most brands can afford. There's very few brands that can afford six figure budgets for like one influencer or one creator. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of brands, like the vast, vast majority of brands, the sweet spot for them is like five to like 50 K. Like that's the sweet spot for like the vast majority of brands. And so if you can remember to always try to like understand where do, where do they fall? But where do most brands fall within that range while you're talking with them and ensure that when you present proposals or packages to them, that you have some like feasible packages within that range, um, then you're going to win a lot of business. And so I've always kept that in mind as like, I'm not, you know, uh, I, I also have no problem walking away from deals, but I'm also not going to be the person quoting 250 K a million dollars on, on different deals. Cause it's like, just, I'm just, I have the humility to understand that like we're not the creator that's going to command those rates and that's okay. And so we built a really robust business over the years, uh, just like hitting singles all day long, <laughs> basically hitting singles, hitting yeah. doubles and like, you <laughs> know, built base. up a great life. Yeah. Just getting on base. Like, Hey, if I, if you're going to, if you want to give me a walk, like I'll take a walk. You want to like hit by pitch, I'll take it. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, I'm getting paid at the end of the day. I have a great livelihood for my family. Right. So, um, I, I don't know that, that anecdote always stuck with me. And so I just wanted to leave that with you because I think it, um, I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You can win plenty of games by getting on base more than the other team. Hey, you're, uh, you're still here. Well, that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. I got a really small ask. Would you rate this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it? A friend of a friend told me that positive ratings are the number one way to help get your podcast in front of new listeners. So will you do me a solid rate it? And then, you know what? Actually screenshot the rating, DM it to me at creator wizard. And in return, I will, you know what? I'm going to sing you a song of your choosing. Deal? I, I, and I used to be in a metal band, and I'm classically trained in opera, so you're probably going to want to rate the podcast. Thanks again.